0: time to turn our attention to headlines from around the region we've got singapore issuing an ultimatum to ex-sri lanka president gotabaya rajapaksa to leave the country we've also got the latest from malaysia's low house meetings as well as malaysia's attorney general rejecting attempts by financier joe lowe to reach a settlement with regard to the one mdb scandal yeah it's gonna be a good one and on the line to help me out is leslie lopez regional correspondent for the straits times good morning leslie good morning elliot Okay, let's start off with the juicy one. Singapore issuing an ultimatum to ex-Sri Lanka President Gotabaya Rajapaksa telling him that he cannot continue to stay here beyond the 15 days that was initially granted. He flew in from the Maldives. I remember last week we talked about this. So, why the need to make this public claim? Is it really because people like us were discussing, hey, why on earth was he allowed to come to Singapore in the first place?
1: Well, you know, That's really the question. People are asking why he picked Singapore. Well, you know, the family is familiar with the island, and they've come there many times before in the past on private visits. So I guess given the pressures that he faced after the Maldives, Singapore seemed like a convenient place to Mm -hmm. come to. Mm -hmm. And as it's been pointed out, at that point, he was still president, had a valid passport, yeah. and he only resigned after he arrived in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. So I think after that, there have been calls is you know, Singapore allowing for him to remain in the island. And so clearly that's put a bit of pressure on Singapore government. And I think Singapore has decided that, look, he's got a 15 day period that he can stay in Singapore. And there won't be any extensions after that, you know, because of the problems that he is facing now. So I think, you know, Singapore is doing the right thing diplomatically, but also it has to acknowledge the pressures that are coming from other countries, including Sri Lankans, you know, who want the former president to come back to the country and face whatever, Legal action that they kind of take.
0: Yeah, we, we talked about that and, and how he is sort of immune to any legal action, unless, of course, they change the constitution. What do you think is his next move here? Where does he run to next?
1: Well, you know, the immunity is only valid while he's president, right? Ah. So, given that he's resigned already, mm. so that it's a question whether he still enjoys the immunity. Okay. I suspect he doesn't anymore. So, that makes him clearly an ordinary citizen and he needs to face music, you know. So I think staying in Singapore only increases the scrutiny on Singapore and why this person who no longer enjoys immunity isn't being sent back
0: all right leslie moving on to malaysia the lower house is meeting for the second meeting of its fifth term starting this week meetings expected to run for three weeks the latest we're hearing is that the finance minister Tengku zafrul Tengku abdul aziz said in parliament that the possibility of malaysia going bankrupt like sri lanka is very slim okay <laughs> what should we watch out for here with regard to these parliamentary meetings
1: well, you know, I think apart from issues and debates over the rising cost of living, which and inflation, all eyes are going to be on the proposed anti-hopping law during this 12 days of sitting. Actually, meeting will be held through August 4, just days also before the so-called memorandum of understanding on bipartisan cooperation between the opposition and the small service government expires. So, I think the anti-hopping law wants that kicks in, there are rumors that some elements in Amlo, particularly those aligned to former Prime Minister and President Najib Tunraza mm-hmm. and also Ahmad zaid Hamidi, who's the current President, former Deputy Prime Minister, both facing court charges. Factions aligned to them may actually withdraw their support and causing for elections to take place. So I think what we're going to be watching for during this parliament sitting, when the anti-hopping law is passed and whether this will trigger... Some kind of political move by elements within AMLO, and that may trigger elections soon. So those are
0: things that are going to be key. Wow! And speaking of parliament, day one apparently there was a bit of a ruckus because motions to debate a Sulu claim on state oil company Petronas assets in the Borneo state of Sabah were rejected by the lower house speaker. What's the backstory here, Leslie?
1: I think well, this goes back to an agreement in 1848 between a British trading company At that time was, you know, had ruled parts of Sabah in Borneo and the Sultan of Sulu in Mindanao in southern Philippines you know Malaysia took over this arrangement sometime after Sabah and Sarawak joined the Federation in 1963 and it paid a token sum to these descendants of the Sulu Sultanate but this thing stopped abruptly this annual stipend that was given to these descendants in 2013, when there was a armed intrusion by soldiers allegedly claiming to be acting for the Sultanate in Sabah, so Malaysia stopped that. That in turn prompted this arbitration, and the arbitration ruling in France in February ordered Malaysia to pay 14.9 billion US dollars actually to, to the Sultanate. Problem here is that there's a kind of mystery why the government did not act to basically deal with this arbitration ruling mm. and leading to the seizure of these assets in Luxembourg. So there's a stay now pending the French government's arbitration ruling. But still, controversy is rises over why the government has poorly handled this issue. You know? yeah. So I think these are some things that Mr. Ismail Sabri's government is going to have to answer in the coming days.
0: This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. We've been speaking with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Leslie, there's also this piece that's come out, The New Straits Times. So, Malaysia's Attorney General rejected attempts by financier Jolo to reach a settlement, the 1MDB scandal. But if I remember, Jolo of course has denied any wrongdoing, but if I remember, he did strike a deal with US prosecutors a couple of years ago to recruit almost $700 million worth of assets, including a Beverly Hills hotel and real estate in New York and London. So... Is it saying that, yeah, so what if you struck a deal with the U.S., we're not going to let you off the hook here?
1: Yep, it is. And it is interesting how people aligned to law, especially legal officers, managed to reach out to former Attorney General, Ali to basically mediate this proposed settlement between the Malaysian government, the Attorney General, and his lawyers uh, from the U.S. called Cobra Kim. So, how that happened, clearly, and now that that has become public, it's another headache that Ismail Sabri's government has got to deal with. But, you know, no one, I think, expected any deal to be reached. You know, it's just simply too toxic for any government to do a deal with JOLO. And especially at a time where, you know, Najib's case is kind of reaching a climax, actually, mm, with the mm. federal court set yeah. to hear his appeal, you know, find, and it's going to be the final appeal. Uh, in August. So I don't think there was going to be any kind of settlement. So, you know, uh, no government, especially the, certainly the Malaysian government now, that the what's happening, government which is very weak, would be able to handle the kind of fallout from any deal with this financial fugitive. Hmm.
0: just a final issue to quickly touch on uh, the group of uh, 20 the G20 major economies finance chief they had a meeting that wrapped up over the weekend in Bali there was no joint communique because of disagreements with Russia about the war although Russia was front and center with regard to those discussions some have said that Indonesian President Joko Widodo should have played a more constructive role as G20's president I mean given that he had quite a high profile visit to Europe right what are your thoughts on this Leslie?
1: you know he's I guess the views differ, but you know Indonesia, it is interesting the kind of high-profile Indonesia is taking, including President Jokovi in the G20, and I think he's come across as someone who can push ahead with issues. I think especially Indonesia has decided that they set three priorities for the G20 under its presidency, global health infrastructure, digital economic transformation, and energy transition. But due to this food and fuel prices, I think food security is going to be a key issue. And some people believe that Indonesia should actually pursue some kind of effort to reach some kind of agreement in the G20 with regard to these kind of issues. Remains to be seen, Jokowi still has Couple of years left in his presidency, and this could be a very interesting part of his legacy. Actually, should he produce something constructive you know, for the G20? All
0: right, we've been speaking with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for the Straits Times. Leslie, appreciate your time as always. Have a great day, yeah. Thank you. You too. The Asian Insider podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A W E D I O like us and rate us.